Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. God's Word together in the Gospel of John, chapter 9. You can read along with me on the screens. It says in my Bible at the top, a man born blind receives sight. As he walked along, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and he made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is this not the man, the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus, made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. And down in verse 35, we continue. Jesus heard the religious people had driven him out. And when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of man? The man answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said to him, you have seen him. And the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. And some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, surely we're not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would not have sin, but now that you say we see, your sin remains. Christ is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God God indeed. Those who are standing may be seated and I invite you to watch a video. We were discussing in staff meeting one day um, the fact that we were getting more and more individuals come in on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights popping in that had either children with special needs and there was even a couple of adults at that time that were coming to our church with special needs. So there was a discussion in our staff meeting one morning about that, that we were just starting to see that kind of trickle in. And it kind of snowballed from there. And um, of course, having a child with special needs who is now an adult with special needs, I've kind of been through that whole journey, you know, when she was in her younger years where um, 
she was accepted. It, it was okay to have her in the church with me at that time. It wasn't this church, a former church that I went to. Uh, but as she got older, it became an issue with the church itself and the church members. And then there was a point in our journey, my family's journey with Brittany, where she wasn't really welcomed in the church anymore. So we as a family had quit going to church altogether for many years because of that. Um, so when we started talking about the Embrace Ministry as you know, a staff and our church in particular, I kind of got very excited about it because I know how it feels as a mom that you can't walk into a church and worship when you have a child with special needs because people are looking or people and you kind of you kind of have this bubble around them as a mom anyway when you have a child with special needs you're always looking for somebody to stare or make you know judgments and all those things so it was exciting to me as a staff member and a mom that we were beginning to discuss that and our pastor at the time Donna like I say was 100% behind it and I never will forget I won't ever ever forget our first embrace Christmas service that we did and just how much it meant to me and um, we did communion at that service of course and we lit you know the uh, at the we lit the Christ candle at that service at the Christmas Eve service and at that service she asked if Brittany could come up and help her light the Christ candle and it just meant so much to me because Brittany's never got to be a part of that especially in a worship service and such a meaningful service anyway so that has always been very very special to me we still have a picture of it and she just had this smile on her face Brittany did and it just it just brought my heart such delight you know and joy for her to be able to be a part of that and anyway since that time it's kind of trickled over the years we've continued even with Pastor Aaron that we have now who has been equally excited about the Embrace Ministry and welcoming all the families that we can in that had kiddos and uh, you know individuals with special needs we've continued with the uh, christmas eve services the special ones and so those are always really special so one of the things i learned is that when you get to a new church you don't say hey we're going to do this we're going to be like this instead we just kind of see where god is already at work and so it was really easy when i would stand up there to preach on sunday morning to to notice that there was this family with special needs over there and this family who who had an, a, an adult who had some special needs and and i mean just looking throughout the sanctuary i was like whoa this is a different experience for for me and so uh i just said something's going on here we need to we need to talk about it and so i remember pulling together our families and others who uh, were paraprofessionals who had worked in um with individuals of all abilities and we just had a great conversation about what is happening, what are your needs, what do you hope for? Um, and part of that, uh, one of the things that this church celebrated was the Christmas Eve services that had already been done um, years before and they were so proud of that and we were so excited about that. Um, so we, we the, they said worship matters, that it matters that there's a place where they don't have to feel embarrassed or worried about their kid, that they can be safe if their kid says, I love you in the middle of a sermon, which happens regularly, um, or that somebody makes a noise, some way that they can participate. So hearing about the success of that Christmas Eve service said, let's let's try this. And let's, um, let's meet once a month uh, for worship, because that was such an important uh, part of what we could do. And so that's really how the uh, monthly Embrace Worship service started, was because of what was already done, and this heritage of a Christmas Eve service um, and so we wanted to continue in that direction to, to meet those families and engage and let them know that we, we see, we, we want them to, to be here, but also we know that there are some challenges, uh, especially 
internally that they might have. Um, and so, hey, well, let's just kind of lower the pressure um, and just be together. And so that's how the Embrace Worship Service uh, got going on a regular basis. Well, we have heard the stories of others, and God bless Jan and Alyssa for being vulnerable and sharing. Alyssa, you're famous. Everybody saw it. Yeah. And, and Barbie and Aaron sharing their story. So we heard the stories of others, then we heard our story as a church family, and now we turn to the story, right? The most important story of all, the gospel and in the gospel today, we're in John chapter 9, and we meet a family, a family, a mom and a dad who have a child who is born blind. And probably like the experience of a lot of parents with special needs, they probably didn't realize their baby was born blind at first, right? Just a baby, cooing and loving and nursing like any other baby, and then one day they noticed something different, something that they hadn't noticed before. And as time went on, they began to realize our child is unable to see. Boy, in first century Palestine, that was a death sentence. There was no option for an adult with disabilities in those days but to beg on the streets. And so this mom and the dad must, be, must have felt crushed, must have felt guilt, must have felt shame as they thought about the kind of life that their child was going to live. And, and we know that's true because it was in the water in ancient times that if you had a child with a disability, it must have been because you messed up. You did something wrong, mom, dad. It's all your fault. And so the religious people asked, didn't they? Who sinned? Which one of you? Was it you? Was it you? Right? Pointing that finger. Who sinned? And then Jesus comes along. Oh, Jesus. He comes along and stirs the pot a little bit. Everybody loves Jesus. They all want to know what he has to say. Rabbi, Rabbi, tell us who sinned? Whose fault is it that this boy was born blind who's now become a man? And Jesus is Jesus. Always scandalous, always turning things upside down. You know, as I was reading the story this week, I thought, now what if Jesus had an iPhone, like had Twitter, and he had tweeted about the things he did? Would y'all follow him? He's like, tweet, let's see, yo, yo, y'all, I'm going to have dinner with prostitutes and tax collectors tonight. Anybody want to come? <laughs> Who's signing up? Or what would his TikTok videos would have looked like, I wonder. <laughs> right? But that's Jesus. So he comes in and they say, who sinned? Whose fault is it? This child was born blind. In ancient times, even pagans believed the gods must be punishing you if you have a child with a disability. But Jesus says, I know my Bible. Do y'all know your Bibles? Nobody sinned here. It's nobody's fault here. And then he goes really crazy. He says, not only is this man not cursed, this man is not cursed, he's actually blessed. What? He's blessed? What does that mean? He says he is going to reveal God's glory even in his blindness. Isn't that something? Now, Jesus always does this. He always turns it back on religious folks like us. And he always says something like, don't y'all remember your Bible? Haven't you read your Bible? And it harkens back to another story of another man who also struggled with a challenge. He had a speech impediment. He said he was heavy of mouth and heavy of tongue. His name was Moses. You remember that about Moses? Moses said, no, I can't be a leader, God. I, I don't speak well. Don't put me in charge. Put someone else in charge. 
Well, God still put him in charge. He did give him a helper, Aaron, right? Pretty good deal. But he still put him in charge. And Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt through the wilderness into the promised land because God was going to reveal God's glory regardless of who it was, regardless of ability. And so on that mountain in the wilderness, Moses saw a glimpse of the glory of God and his face shone with that same glory. And in the same way, Jesus says, this man born blind is going to reveal the glory of God in this moment. Can you believe that? Isn't it exciting? Isn't it wild that Jesus says such a thing that he turns things upside down and surprises people? Because that's what he does. And so in this moment, he does that. Now, before we finish the story, we've got to go back to our story. Our story is a church family. Because you got to hear some cool things today, right? Embrace started as just a, a little seed that was planted in a staff meeting when they said, you know, we have a lot of kiddos and adults with special needs. What could we do? And they came up with this idea of a Christmas Eve service that was a little bit shorter, a little bit quieter, more accommodating and open. Amen. See, embrace services are loud and fun. And so it started with just that Christmas Eve service. And then, uh, you know, Pastor Donna retired. Pastor Aaron came in. He said, oh, I have nothing else going on. I'm kind of bored. <laughs> Did you say that? Yeah. So let me add something to my plate. Let's do a monthly service with Embrace. And so we started going every month, third Sunday of the month, three o'clock, meeting in worship, ringing bells and taking communion and sharing a shorter message. What a beautiful thing. And then, just like Moses and the Israelites, the wilderness came, didn't it? What do we call the wilderness today? COVID, don't cuss in church. Nobody say that word in church, right? COVID's a bad word, but that's what happened, right? COVID came, we all went in the wilderness, and what do we do in the wilderness? We're God's people, so we grumble, <laughs> and we complain, and we don't quite have faith sometimes. But God is good, and God is faithful even when we are not, and so I believe we're coming out of the wilderness with embrace and into a sort of promised land, a new thing. Did you know that this church is making a huge investment in the future of Embrace? I don't say it very often. I have another title other than associate pastor. It's executive director of the Embrace community. Does that sound cool? I feel like I'm bragging when I say that. I'll probably put it on my business card when I get one of those. But for me, it's important to say that, not because of my ego, but because I think our families care that you did that. You hired someone to invest in them, pray for them, live with them, walk through life with them, and invite you to come and do the same. This church has made an investment. And so what's that going to look like? Well, it's pretty exciting. You know, Embrace Community is an intentional community of people with the shared experience of someone in their lives having something to do with special needs. It could come from trauma, disability, various experiences but it's that intentional community. And yes, we do worship together, but we hope to do more. We hope to provide respite care for caregivers so they can work on their marriage. So they can take a nap, which is really important. We hope to do uh, an embrace choir inspired by Terry McDonald. I remember when X first sang in the choir and I thought he was dancing and praising and singing. And I thought, Terry's gonna be mad. He's not standing still and singing the song. And she walked up with the biggest smile on her face. That's when I knew we were going to be okay. But that embrace choir that brings people of all abilities to sing, 
Man, I just picture Kendrell doing that song he just did with them. Whew. Cry like a baby. We hope to do a support group so caregivers can come and cuss or cry or laugh together in the experiences of what it is to give care 24-7. And we hope to do mission together by reaching out into the community, by uh, providing a day camp to individuals with disabilities during the summertime because they have nowhere to go and their parents have to go to work. There are all kinds of things we can do. One of the things you may have seen at Vacation Bible School is we had Embrace Buddies just a buddy that walked alongside someone who needed a little extra attention and help. And we want to do more of that. Think about all the ways that you can get involved. But what's the most important way you can get involved? I would say the best thing you can do is just come and be with us. Come on third Sundays at 3 p.m. Come August 21st and just spend time with us. And why? Because I wonder if you will start to craft your story by taking their story and the story and our story and putting it together so that you have a mission and a purpose to make disciples of Jesus Christ and to love all people of all abilities. Now there's an interesting turn in this story. Jesus says something really weird. Have you ever noticed he does that? He says weird stuff sometimes. At the end of this story, he says, you know, I came into this world for judgment so that those who cannot see might see and so that those who do see may become blind what what does that even mean i mean you guys know amazing grace right the the famous christian song i once was blind but now i are you sure yeah i once was blind but now i see john newton wrote that and he was inspired by this very chapter but he left a verse out the verse that says i once could see but now i'm blind. That would be a confusing verse, wouldn't it? But that's what Jesus says here. I came so that those who can't see will see, and those who see will become blind. What in the world is Jesus talking about? As I thought about it this week, it occurred to me, really, at the core of what Jesus is saying is we have to stop putting other people in our shoes and put ourselves in their shoes. We have to experience the experiences of others, right? I mean, we love to put people in our shoes, don't we? Don't you? Like, why are they out of money? I manage my money fine. Why is it so hard for them? Why is he overweight? I can exercise and eat well. If you want to know, I'll tell you after service. <laughs> can have humor about it. <laughs> right? I mean, we do. We put other people in our shoes. We think everybody's experience is like ours, and we don't listen to the voices of others. And Jesus says, if you really want to see you got to become blind like that blind man. Live a life in his shoes. Experience life like he experienced it, and you'll really understand who God is and who God wants us to be. Isn't that something? But the bigger question is, why would I do that? Why would I bother? I mean, that's a lot of work to put myself in someone else's shoes. It's like hard and messy and emotional sometimes, and maybe my life's good and it's pretty stable, I don't need to go into spaces that are uncomfortable, do I? Well, I got news for you. I'm sorry, but the reason that you should put yourself in other people's shoes is because God. <laughs> Isn't that always the answer? Because God, right? Because the God of the universe, the creator of everything, the molder and maker of you and I, put himself in our shoes, didn't he? I mean, literally became human in Jesus Christ. 
literally put himself in our shoes, or maybe sandals to be more precise, right? And walked, not just a mile in our shoes, but miles and miles across Galilee and Samaria and the Judean countryside. And he felt what we felt. Just like the book of Hebrews says, we don't have a God who can't relate to us, who can't understand what we're going through because our God put himself in our shoes and walked in those shoes. And so Jesus felt the same pain we feel, the, the pain of losing a loved one. Remember, he wept when his friend Lazarus died. He knows the pain of, you know, when your knees hurt and they ache from all the walking he did. He knows the pain of isolation when people turn on him and judge him. He also knows the joy, the joy of laughter over a campfire, the, the joy of fellowship with his friends and fun stories, probably because he ate with prostitutes and tax collectors, right? Good stories. And so how can you do what Jesus did? How can you put yourself in the shoes of others? Hey, we can just give you an opportunity, right? Come to the Embrace Community Service on those third Sundays at three and just be. Just listen to the stories of others. Boy, do we have stories to tell, do we? Do we have stories to tell? Even today while I was worshiping, boy, I was in the moment. Like I was doing the, the hold the TV, you know? I was holding the TV and I was about to move to Mufasa. I was worshiping. That's Tim Hawkins, if you don't know. And then X tapped me on the arm and he said, Dad, do I have school tomorrow? I was like, well, there goes my worship, right? We have all kinds of stories. We like to laugh. We like to cry. We like to share with one another an intentional community. And anybody can do that. But we do it because we have a God who put himself in our shoes. I didn't plan it this way, but as I was listening to the songs today, it was amazing to me what came out of them. This idea of, was the cross meant for me? Yes, it was. It was meant for you. But guess what? Jesus put himself in your shoes and carried that cross for you. Was the grave meant for you? Yes, it was. But Jesus laid in that grave for you, putting himself in your shoes. And what does that mean? When he rose up out of that grave and walked on, he gave us the opportunity to put ourselves back in his shoes. And so we get to rise in new life again because of the kind of God we have. And that's why we do what we do. And that's why we like to listen to the voices of others. So think about it this way. Starts with the story, right? The gospel. We look at our God, the God who puts himself in our shoes, and then we think about our story, embrace. And we've come so far, but we have so far to go. And so we do our story together. And the best way to do that is by listening to their stories. Come to embrace and hear the stories of families who have individuals with special needs. And finally, when all that is done, you will be able to write your story. And hopefully at the end of your story, there's something about how you loved better, gave more grace, felt more fulfilled and whole, and walked into eternity knowing, well done, good and faithful servant. Because that's what God calls us to do. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want anybody walking out of here making people blind, right? That's not good. Don't make yourself blind. I don't mean it literally. But what that means is Jesus is calling us to action to listen to the voices of others, to hear what they have to say, to experience life, walk a mile in their shoes, roll a mile in their wheelchairs, 
Understand what it is to be in the mind of someone with autism. Understand what it's like to be missing part of a chromosome or have an extra one. And that extra one comes with joy and stubbornness, by the way. I'm just letting you know. But what must that be like? That is the calling today, to pursue that. And when we do, that man born blind, that beautiful boy over there, that lovely girl over there, they will reveal to you the glory of God. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you that you are the God that would walk in our shoes. That you understand us, that you know where we come from, that you felt our pain, that you felt our joy. Please help us to listen well to you and to others and to pursue a life that is filled with your glory. Come into this space as we enter into a time of communion, as we enter into a time of reflection. Heal our hearts and open them up to the opportunities you have for us in the world. We ask all these things in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.